We've got 17, 18 people right now waiting on you to get started. All right. Uh, we want to praise the Lord. Me and Brother Ed, we've got a habit of coming into the house of God, praising the Lord. The Bible says, enter into his courts with thanksgiving and with praise. And uh, I'm thankful to be in the house of God tonight. Yes. And uh, this is an unusual night. We're changing the time of the Wednesday night uh, service to 6.30. We had been starting it at 5. And the Sunday night, we're going to go with what's on our church sign out there. Sunday night will be 6 o'clock. Wednesday night will be 6.30. Uh, right now the days are long. I know it won't be long. They'll get short. But on this uh, August the 3rd, uh, it's not the Lord's Day, but it's a Wednesday night midweek service. Uh, we just want to praise the Lord. We've got a lot of people that are sick right now. We'll have a word of prayer for them here in a minute. And uh, I've been trying to dismiss this thing about covid and I'm going to have to quit dismissing it and realize we're going to have to deal with it again. I think the devil is determined to uh, come against people with this. Yes. With this, uh, it's some kind of respiratory type uh, disease, infection, sickness, cause your sinuses to run. No, buddy, I'll just give my advice on this. If you do come down with it, get the old chicken noodle soup out. Pepper the fire out of it. Mix a little water with it. Heat it up. Sip it like you would a cup of coffee. And gargle with salt water. Try to keep your 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 sinuses from draining. Take your antihistamine. And uh, you know, don't drag your feet on this thing. One thing about COVID uh, is it gets out of hand real quick. Listening to the radio and trying to be of some help here. I heard that the people that take and I hope I can say this right, ivermectin, Hi, sir. Uh, only a 2% uh, had any problem with COVID. Uh, by taking ivermectin, they were able, 98% of them were able to just knock it in the head, not even have to fool with it. Yeah. And I know they don't want nobody to take no ivermectin, but I may not even be saying it right, but according to the radio, uh, it, it's able to handle that COVID. And I say that to my listeners, to my brothers and sisters out there. Ivermectin, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, it's got the upper hand on this COVID virus. And uh, we're not, uh, like I said, we're not dismissing it no more. We're trying to gear up, hit this thing head on. Uh, we've got a long list of people to pray for. Uh, Brother Ed said Sister Sarah's already online. She's got COVID right now. Miranda and Mark, Caden and Tavian, uh, they're, they're battling this COVID right now. And I don't know how many people in Sarah's family is battling it. But this thing, uh, it just ain't done. I reckon it's one of those pestilence mentioned in uh, Matthew chapter 24 yes. and uh, we're, we're right there at it these are last days we're in the beginning of sorrows uh, let me let me see if I can read that real quick here Matthew chapter 24 uh, it talks about that there be a pestilence hold on here a minute in uh, verse 7 of Matthew chapter 24 
And the Lord here, he's speaking about last days. And he said, for nations shall rise against nation. That must have been Nancy Pelosi going over there to uh, Taiwan and China thinking he was going to slaughter like a fly. I don't know. That was kind of a big showdown, I think. But anyway, nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines. I heard... Uh, a loaf of bread was going to go to $10. I guess I'll learn how to make my own bread. But said there'd be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. Verse 8 said all these are the beginning of sorrows. I think that's about where we're at. Yeah. I think maybe the good days might be gone. And uh, for those that are saved, and I'm glad I am saved, our best days are yet to come. Uh, you know the the best down here uh, that there ever could be won't compare with the worst that the child of God has to go through down here because God having provided some better thing for us, uh, we're on our way out. Amen. And people down here, I don't care if they got much money as uh, Elon Musk, uh, I'm telling you, money ain't everything. And uh, that money, the Bible mentioned in the book of James, it'll burn like a canker. Uh, you know, when the when judgment time comes, you wish you didn't have so much. You wish you'd done like the Lord said. Give what you have to those in need. Lord loves a cheerful giver. And uh, one thing we'll find out, it never was ours to begin with, but uh, we, we kind of hoard it up and say, mine, mine, mine. But the Lord gives, and the Lord can take away. That's right. But uh, charity hides a multitude of sins. I don't know what I'm doing chasing rabbits. But anyway, we just want to say we, we believe that we're in the beginning of sorrows and we want to go to God in prayer on behalf of many. Before you go, Brother Ed, All right. uh, I'm going to give you something to praise God for. All right. I says, hello, God bless you all. Up here with my dad and he is doing good. Hallelujah. Patrick. Amen. We've been praying for Brother Ron and Lindsay. Yeah. Even this morning. And he said he's doing good. We Amen. praise God for that. Amen. And uh, we got some more praise reports. Brother Ed, bless his heart. Yeah. He got good news on his eye. Yeah, and it wasn't as bad as what we were all anticipating. I guess where he'd been mowing the yard, got his eye kind of infected. And it had, I guess you'd call it dry eye. Didn't have yeah. the moisture right. that the eye needs. And we praise God for that. Amen. And uh, really, there's a lot of good news out there. And uh, we want to pray for many people right now that are sick. We're going to do that for we, before we sing any songs or read any I, scripture. I told that doctor down there, I said, you know, when, when, when I'm in church and the Lord comes by and fills my cup up, I said, I cry. He said, wrong tears. <laughs> Those are salty tears. Yeah. I didn't know that. You that's know. true, they are. Yeah, they're salty he said, tears. I He's right. You need the ones that's underneath your eyelids to clean them. So. Yeah, them moisturizers. Right. Yeah. That's what he said. I didn't understand what he meant, but that's what he said. Well, we praise God for that good yeah. report that Amen. Brother Ed just shared with us. And uh, we praise God about the good news there on his eye. Yes, thank you, Lord. And we've got a long list of people <laughs> we want to remember in prayer. Our Father, we thank You, yes. Lord, not only, Lord, that You hear prayer, but, Lord, that You answer prayer, and, Lord, You honor prayer. We want to pray for multitude right now, Lord. Father, first of all, we want to pray for all the lost people. 
that might be listening to this service, Lord, tonight. Lord, I would to God they would uh, wake up and realize the devil's trying to keep them from having a home in heaven. And I pray, Lord, they'd realize, Lord, how long it'd be to be in an awful place called hell yes. without hope, without help, uh, no, uh, no escape from that dreaded place, no. Lord, that you made for the devil and his angels. And uh, Lord, you made heaven for us and you paved the way that all could go to heaven no matter how big the sinner, uh, no matter how big the sin. Uh, Lord, uh, you, you showed yourself to be a champion in salvation. Paul said that he was the chiefest of sinners and yeah. he said he obtained mercy Lord, because he did it ignorantly. And I pray for the lost people right now, Lord. I pray they get a, under, Lord, not only conviction, but I pray, Lord, they get urgency upon them yeah. about getting in touch with you, getting forgiveness of sins, getting the peace of God, getting saved. Lord, to have a home in heaven. I pray for the lost people that might be listening in, God, tonight. And Father, I pray, Lord, for Brother Mark and Sister Kay. Lord, she's down at the hospital down in Vanderbilt. And the Lord, just not doing well. We pray for Sister Kay. I thank you for Sister Vonnie. Yeah. Called me today, gave me an update. And we pray, Lord Father, for Vonnie. Yeah. Pray for her son, Billy, yeah. battling cancer. We pray for Kay. We pray, Lord Father, for Mark. Lord, I pray for Brother Mitchell. Uh, she mentioned Mitchell to me and said, Lord, that he was... Uh, having trouble with his stomach. We pray for Brother Mitchell. We know, Lord, these frail bodies, Lord, they just yeah. they just fall and fail us, Lord. And we pray for Brother Mitchell. Pray for him and Phyllis. I pray, Lord, Father, for uh, Brother Patrick and Sister Sarah, Lord, uh, yeah. and their children. Sarah's got this COVID right now. Lord, we want to lift her up to you. Lord, in humble prayer, yeah. ask you, Lord, to visit her. Lord, with healing in your wings, ask you, Lord, to, to help her, Lord, to recover, to get over this, this sickness, Father. Pray for the children. Pray for Brother Patrick's dad. Ronnie Lindsay, pray for his mother. Lord, that you'd help them with their, with their health. We pray, Lord, Father, your blessing upon Brother Patrick, Sister Sarah, and their children. Lord, I pray, Father, Lord, for Miranda and Mark. Uh, Sister Miranda and Brother Mark, they're all battling this COVID, Father. Pray for their two sons, Caden and Tavian. Lord, just pray you'd heal them of this, uh, uh, Lord, this COVID virus, Lord. Uh, Lord, put a hedge about your children. Yeah. Uh, shield them, Lord, I pray, from this dreaded disease, Lord. It's took the lives of so many. Yes. And Lord, this seemed like, a, Lord, that the government just made it worse instead of better. Mandating things that really were not even necessary. And we pray, Lord, Father, for Miranda, Mark, Tatum, and Tavian. Father God, I pray, Lord, for uh, Sister Joanne Smith. I pray for her. Pray for Brother Eric. Pray for Rita and her husband, Joe. Lord, uh, Joanne, I know her health's in decline. We pray for her. Pray for Brother Eric. Help him with his stomach. Uh, Lord, we just pray, Lord, Father, for your blessings upon them. Lord, I pray, Lord, for Jimmy. And for Carol, Bonnie mentioned them to me today. And uh, Lord, I don't know uh, any circumstances concerning them, but I pray for them concerning their health. I pray for Brother uh, James and his wife Patty. Uh, Lord, they weren't here last Sunday. And uh, someone said they wasn't feeling well. We pray for Brother James 
and his wife Patty. I pray, dear Father God, for uh, Lord uh, Sister Brenda Goth. Oh Lord, we pray for her. Uh, someone said she wasn't feeling well. We pray for Sister Brenda. Uh, Lord, pray for all of her family. I pray, dear Father, Lord, for James and James and, and Star and James Jr. Yeah. Uh, Lord, we just pray for them. Pray one day, Lord, that James will walk in here of his own accord. Be able, Lord, to shout the roof off. Yeah. Lord, we just pray for James Jr. and James, his father, and a star's mother. We love them. We thank you for them. Pray for Lord Jordan and Casey. Uh, Lord, we pray for them. I pray, Father God, Lord, for uh, Lord uh, Brother Donnie. Lord, his sister passed away. Lord, you're the God of all comfort. You comfort yeah. us and come to us yeah. in all of our sorrow, all of our grief. Uh, Lord, you carry us through the valley, carry us on eagle's wings. I pray for Brother Don and his family. A lot of Brother Don and his family has got this COVID. We pray for his brother Ronnie and his sister Julie and their families. Uh, Lord, we pray, Lord, for my own wife. Lord, she's doing somewhat better. We thank you for that. Pray your blessings upon her. Uh, Lord, help me uh, to be a help to her, Lord. She's been helping me for so many years. Help me be a help to her. Pray you'd help her to get her health back, get her mobility back, get on her feet. Lord, again, we want to thank you, Lord, for Brother Ed, the good report he got on his eye. We want to thank you for all that you've already done. We want to thank you, Lord, for those that are online. Thank you, Father, for the merciful hand, Lord, that's stretched out even right now to humanity. Yeah. Lord, you say, come, and Lord, people don't come. And Lord, you invite all, and no one shows up. Lord, we just pray you'll help us, Lord, to be a blessing. I pray for Sharon. Pray for Sybil. Uh, Lord, pray for them. And uh, Lord, we're trying to remember uh, Brother uh, Jerry and Sister Carolyn. She's got a lady. She cleans her house. I think her name's Pat. She said, Lord, she's got health issues. And uh, we pray for her, Lord. And uh, we pray for Mark's grandmother. Uh, just a long list, Father, of people yes. that want to lift up in prayer. Bless your churches, Lord, tonight. Bless your children, Lord, tonight. Give honor and glory even here tonight, Lord. We thank you. We love you and praise you. And ask it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right. We're going to try to sing a, sing a song. Uh, me and Brother Ed, we sung this when the last COVID episode took place. Wasn't nobody here. Me and Brother Ed, we're, we're no strangers, just me and him being here. No. But uh, this song we sung, Won't It Be Wonderful There? Uh, we'll sing this tonight and then we'll go to Job. We're teaching out of Job, Job yeah. chapter 3. Yeah. says, When with the Savior we enter the glory land, won't it be wonderful there? And in the troubles and cares of the story land, won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear. Joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? Walking and talking with Christ the supernal one. Won't it be wonderful there? Praising, adoring the matchless eternal one. Won't it be wonderful there? 
Won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear. Joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? There where the tempest will never be sweeping us. Won't it be wonderful there? Show that forever the Lord will be keeping us. Won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? Oh, it will be. Praise Amen. I have not been told. Not only will it be wonderful there, but praise God, we'll have plenty of time to enjoy it. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. All right. We, uh, we finished up Job chapter 2. The last time we were here, and we're getting ready to start here in Job chapter 3. Uh, Job has just went through the, I guess, the awfulest ordeal, worst case scenario anyone could possibly go through. He's buried ten children. His own wife has uh, really uh, challenged him to curse God and die. Now his friends show up, and uh, I'm going to reread the last uh, three verses of chapter 2. Now when Job's three friends heard of all of this evil that was come upon him, they came every one from his own place, Elipaz the Tilamite, Bildad the Shulite, and so far the Naamite, for they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish that's what they'd done. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off, and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept, and they rent every one his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads towards heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. And Job has very great grief. Yeah. Now this chapter 3, uh, Job here kind of like attacks his own self. I've, I've seen this uh, happen a lot. People uh, will attack themselves. I wish I'd never been born and I don't know why I'm going through this. Well, Job, he's had a terrible experience. Uh, he's having a bad day and his friends show up and uh, they see that his grief is very great. And uh, Job chapter 3 verse 1 says, After this opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. Uh, I've seen a lot of people uh, self-attack themselves, uh, say all manner of things about their self when they're having a bad day and usually when people's having a good day, uh, they've usually got something good to say about their self. But Job here, he's having a bad day he cursed his day talking about the day is born mm -hmm. <clears throat> and Job spake and said <clears throat> let the day perish wherein I was born and uh, for where Job's sitting right now he wished he never even been born mm -hmm. now Job ain't seen the end of the book of Job Job's just seeing where he is right now 
Where he is right now is not pleasant, not good. And he's right in the middle of it. And it says, thank you brother. It says, let the day wherein I was born perish. And the night in which it was said, there is a man child conceived. He said, let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above. Neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death stain it. Let a cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, let darkness seize upon it. Let it not be joined until the days of the year. Let it not come to the number of the months. Lo, let that night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come therein. Let them curse it that curse the day who are ready to raise up their morning. We'll stop right there. Uh, Job here, he wished he'd never been born. Right. Uh, he's about as low as low can go. And uh, from where he's at right now, you can feel his misery. Uh, you can feel his despair. He's not enjoying the life. Uh, you know, I don't have any choice in the matter, but I'd rather be in heaven right now. <clears throat> I'm just here waiting on my ride. I'm just here waiting for the Lord to come get me. And in Job's case, uh, he kind of wished, you know, that that uh, he never even been born because of the terrible things that he's been through. And uh, this is kind of like self-criticism. He says in verse 9, Let the stars of the twilight thereof be dark. Let it look for light but have none. Neither let it see the dawning of the day because it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb nor hid sorrow from mine eyes. Uh, Job here is kind of saying, you know, he wished, you know, that his mother had had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And uh, today's day, uh, we got a big deal about abortion. Uh, and a lot of children actually fall into what Job uh, wished come upon him mm -hmm. because of his circumstances. He said, uh, Let, because it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hid sorrow from mine eyes. He said, Why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? And why did the knees prevent me? Or why the breast that I should suck? Job here wished he'd never been born. Yeah. And you know, a lot of babies been, uh, been aborted. And I, I, I don't think anything's right about abortion. <clears throat> I think it's nothing short of murder. And uh, I've heard all kind of angle about abortion. I will say this about abortion. Those of you that are pro-abortion, uh, you are to consider the fact that your mother was pro-life. Yeah, right. And uh, have a little mercy on someone that wants to live just like you are right now. Right. Uh, when I think about abortion, I think it's one of the saddest uh, things that humanity has ever embraced. Mm -hmm. No telling how many little babies that have been murdered in the womb that could have been a blessing. Uh, oh, help me. 
All they wanted to do was be born and be loved. And uh, a little baby is so precious. Mm -hmm. And uh, even more precious when it's in the womb. And uh, Satan, I do believe, is probably the one, the father of abortion. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wants to murder those babies. The Bible said children are heritage from the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is His reward. In Psalms 127, I think it's verse number 3. But we've come down to a day and time when people make a decision of whether a baby's going to live or die. Uh, they make a decision, you know, of, of uh, whether have have it or not. I, I, you know, I personally believe God's in control of conception. And I believe I can take the Bible and prove that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel, she come to her husband Jacob and said, Give me children or else I die. And uh, he said, Am I in God's stead? I mean, God is the one that's in charge of conception. But uh, we've lost our mind in the matter of abortion. But Job here, he's kind of saying he wished that he'd never been born. In right. uh, verse 13, he said, For now should I have been laying still and been quiet. I should have slept. Then had I been at rest. And uh, I heard someone uh, on the radio this morning talking about an aborted baby, how that after they've killed the baby in the womb, that they have to lay it out and make sure they have all of the parts of the baby uh, to make sure none of it's in the womb to cause infection or anything. And they literally have to put this baby that's been torn into pieces back together to make sure it's all there. And they say anybody that's ever seen this has immediately changed their opinion on how they feel about having an abortion because they realize how savage and how brutal uh, an abortion is. But uh, Job here says, For now should I have been laying still, been quiet. I should have slept then had I been at rest. But what he's going through right now, he's wishing really that he was rather dead than alive. And uh, I've seen people go through a lot of things, Brother Ed, and uh, some of it, uh, I have to admit, I have had some sympathy and and prayed, Lord, take them on home Mm -hmm. because they've endured so much pain and suffering. That's kind of what Joel's mentioning right here. Verse 14 He says with kings and counselors of the earth which built desolate places for themselves. You know, you you think that having power, having riches, you know that uh, you'd have it all. But Job here speaking about kings, speaking about counselors, talking about they built them desolate places for themselves. They're in a prison uh, because of their power because of their riches they can't even enjoy it they're in desolate places Mm -hmm. or with princes that had gold or filled their houses with silver or as a hidden untimely birth I had not been as infants which never saw light and today I forgot the number of how many babies have been aborted but it's staggering to know the number of how many infants which never saw light. Uh, those of you that maybe have been 
are persuaded to be pro-abortion, yeah. I say this again, you ought to be thankful that your mother was pro-life. Right. And uh, we've lost our mind uh, when it comes to this matter of abortion. And we need to be realistic. If you're pro-abortion, you should go see an aborted fetus and get, I mean, your feel of what you think is okay and understand the brutality of, of aborting a child. Uh, verse 17, There the wicked cease from troubling, and there the weary be at rest. Uh, you know, there's a day coming to wickedness. Uh, the Bible talks about wicked people don't live half their days. And uh, that's not in there just take up space. Uh, in Psalms chapter 55, uh, verse number 23, uh, it says, Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. And uh, you can find out what your days are real quick by looking over here in Psalms chapter 90. Uh, it tells us the number of our days is threescore and ten. Yeah. Uh, Psalms 90 verse 10, uh, the normal life, uh, the days of our years are threescore and ten. If by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength, labor and sorrow, for it's soon cut off and we fly away. Right. And uh, this uh, Job here mentions about the wicked. The wicked, they don't live out half their days. Right. Uh, if you want to live... I'll just tell you, I've done read this, but I'll read it again. Peter talked about, you know, uh, not be high and mighty, but uh, he said, uh, let, let your tongue refrain from speaking evil. Mm -hmm. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 10, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil. That's one thing Job did. He eschewed evil. Yeah. And do good. And Job did that. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. You know, Job, even though we're reading about this bad uh, ordeal at Job's end you read the latter end you'll find out God blessed Job in the end mm -hmm. and he had more than he had in the beginning but uh, he says verse 17 there the wicked cease from troubling you know they're not they're not a uh, smash and grab no more they're not holding up convenience stores I saw where a man come in a convenience store with a rifle and a I think the owner, the owner was 82 years old and he shot him with a shotgun. Uh, he had to go to the hospital. But uh, there the wicked cease from troubling. They're not uh, carjacking. They're not breaking in. They're not uh, beating up on elderly people. They're not doing like they're doing in California. Uh, brutally attacking the homeless uh, you know the heart's wicked and deceitful, the Bible says. And who can know it? But the Bible knows uh, what our problem is. It says there the wicked cease from troubling. Let me say this about wickedness. And you better listen to this preacher right here. And you better listen real good. 
Because this verse just happens to be in here for this very reason. This is Proverbs chapter 29, mm. verse number 1. He, and I'm not trying to get the pronouns right, that's just the way it is. He that being often reproved. That means someone has warned you about what you're doing. Right. And you've laughed at it and said, well, you do what you want to do and I'll do what I want to do. Right. Well, you need to listen to this. He that being often reproved or warned hardeneth his neck. In other words, he's not listening. He's right. turned his head. Right. He said, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do it when I want to do it, how I want to do it, where I want to do it. It says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. No, no medicine, no cure. I'm telling you, you're reaping what you're sowing. And uh, the opposite of that is Proverbs 28, 14. Happy is a man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. You know, you can, uh, you can get in trouble with wickedness. And Job here says, where the wicked ceaseth from troubling, and there the weary be at rest. There the prisoners rest together. They hear not the voice of the oppressor. Right. The small and the great are there. And the servant is free from his master. Wherefore is life given to him that's in misery, and life to the bitter in soul which long for death, but it cometh not, and dig for it more than for hid treasures. Uh, you know, sometimes life uh, is not enjoyable. Uh, you want to say, Lord, come get me. You want to say, Lord, I've had enough. Uh, Ecclesiastes puts a little bit of emphasis on this. Uh, in chapter 12 and uh, you know the good days are gone you're, you're kind of at the end of life but the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say I have no pleasure in them sometimes well, I've heard it said growing old ain't for sissies. But sometimes circumstances uh, make life where it's not enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can read all of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And uh, it brings to light growing old. And uh, what a burden that it brings. And uh, you know the good days are gone. Uh, you wish you could go back and, and have another shot at it. But uh, you're too close to the finish line. Oh, yeah. He said, which long for death, but it cometh not, and dig for it more than for hid treasures. They've, they've legalized a thing now where if you don't want to live, you can self-euthanize yourself. They're doing it already in Canada. It's coming here. Oh yeah. But uh, you know, a lot of people would probably... Uh, be willing to do that. Their, their life is in such uh, decline. Uh, their health in such disarray that they say, yeah, give it to me. I've had enough. Mm -hmm. Verse 22, which rejoice exceedingly and are glad 
when they can find the grave. Whoever thought that you'd want to die more than you'd want to live, but there are cases when people's health is in such decline that they're actually glad to hear that they don't have long to live. Uh, we're praying for a man, should have mentioned him just a minute ago, Danny Webb. He's got stage 4 cancer. And uh, you know, when, when life's, when you don't have health and, and life is a burden, uh, you don't want to live. You want to you go home. And uh, Danny's a good Christian man. He'd be in heaven. And, uh, but we got to wait for the Lord to either come or for death to capitalize. I can't die, but my body can. Yeah, right. But this old body go belly up. Hallelujah. Uh, to be absent from this body, be present with the Lord. We're in this tomb, uh, clay, uh, which if we get into this next chapter, uh, it'll mention that about this clay vessel we're living in. But uh, it says, uh, which rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they can find the grave. They, they actually want to get out. Verse 23, you know, a, a child wants to live and the older you get, <laughs> the more you want to get out. Amen. I mean, I'm telling you, days, days become a challenge. Uh, it becomes a hardship uh, when things don't work like they should. You, you, your body hurts. You, you, you're, you're frail. You're weak. I'm helping my wife right now uh, watching her health uh, in decline. Uh, helping her get up. Helping her get down. Helping her take a bath. Uh, helping her get in a wheelchair. Uh, but she's thrilled to death just to be able to get up and go. But verse 23 says, Why is light given to a man whose way is hid and whom God have hedged in? For my sign cometh before I eat. He's talking about health extremities right here. Yeah. And my roarings are poured out like waters. Job is, is enduring extreme health problems here. He says, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. You know, I'm kind of like what Peter said. I want to see good days. I want to keep my mouth shut. I want to. My mom used to say, If you ain't got something good to say about somebody, just keep your mouth shut. She was more right than she realized was Peter. He brought that to light in that scripture I shared there with you in yeah. 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, he said, I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. You count on trouble coming. Oh yeah. Now this next chapter, chapter 4, uh, it'll be a discourse on Elipaz. And uh, Elipaz, uh, he had a great experience uh, to happen to him and uh, this experience uh, it, it causes him to uh, act superior to Job uh, he uses this experience to uh, rise above Job and his circumstances and uh, he's he's actually not a very much comforter, he's dogmatic and uh, yes, demands that he must be heard because of this experience. We'll read it here. Then Elipaz the Telemite answered and said, If we essay to commune with thee, 
Wilt thou be grieved? But who can withhold himself from speaking? In other words, he says, I've got my opportunity here and uh, I feel like I need to speak now. He says, Behold, thou hast instructed many. Thou hast strengthened the weak hands. Job has done a lot of good in his life. He said, Thy words have upholden him that was fallen, and thou hast strengthened the feeble knees. But now it's come upon thee, and thou faintest. You know, he's really uh, sarcasm a little bit here. It touches thee, and thou art troubled. I mean, you look and see what Job's been through. And this guy, uh, really, in this sarcasm and accusation he's bringing upon Job, he said, It touches thee, and thou art troubled. I guess he thought maybe he ought to put a tutu on and dance. I don't know. Verse 6, he says, Is not this thy fear, thy confidence, thy hope, and the uprightness of thy ways? Remember, I pray thee, verse 7, Whoever perished being innocent. Now, that's an accusation that he's directing towards Job. He's accusing Job of not being innocent. Uh, he said, Whoever perished being innocent, or where were the righteous cut off? Now, he's insinuating that Job has done something to deserve what he's going through. He said, Even as I have seen they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. And that is a true statement. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, you know, uh, God's not mocked whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And uh, the way of transgressors is hard. But verse 9, By the blast of God they perish, and by the breath of his nostrils they are consumed. The rowing of the lion and the voice of the fierce lion and the teeth of the young lions are broken. The old lion perish, perishes for lack of prey. And the stout lion whips are scattered abroad. Now this experience that Elipaz is going to mention right here. Uh, he's kind of trumping uh, Job's life in this statement here. Just listen to this. Now a thing was secretly brought to me and my ear received a little thereof. In the thoughts from the visions of the night when deep sleep falleth on men, fear came upon me and trembling which made all my bones to shake. Then a spirit passed by before my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. It stood still but I could not discern the form thereof. An image was before mine eyes. There was silence. And I heard a voice saying, and here's what I mentioned about the clay vessel. Shall mortal man be more just than God? This almost sounds like this was personal to Elipaz. Shall a man be more pure than his maker? Behold, he putteth no trust in his servants. And his angels he charged with folly. How much less them that dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, which are crushed before the moth. They are destroyed from morning to evening. They perish forever without any regarding it. Uh, doeth not their excellency, which is in them, go away. They die 
even without wisdom. Now this experience that uh, Elipad mentions here to Job, uh, he's kind of, I don't know, kind of declaring superiority over Job like Job. Uh, You know nothing at all. I've been through all of this and I've met people, uh, especially, and I, I mean this in love, but I've been in churches where people exalt their flesh instead of lifting up the Lord mm-hmm. and uh, their experience uh, really is a personal thing they'd be better off to keep it to themselves uh, if it doesn't edify someone you'd be better off just to keep it to yourself but if your experience could edify or encourage or exhort someone by all means share it but when it becomes a personal thing like Elipaz is doing here with Job, you'd be better off just to keep it to yourself. The Lord probably gave it to you like He gave this here to Elipaz. And you know when this statement here, when it says, shall mortal man be more just than God, it's almost like God's rebuking him uh, in this vision. And uh, shall a man be more pure than his maker? He's kind of like, a, uh, instead of applying that to himself, uh, he's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, imposing on Job. Job here, uh, just in a terrible sorrow, terrible suffering, terrible grief. And he's acting like, Job, you you ain't done nothing. Uh, you never experienced anything. And, uh, you know, he's kind of belittling Job in his statement here. It sounds to me like that he's trying to tell Job, I believe that you sinned against God. As yeah, he there. did accuse him a little bit uh, yeah. when he said... Uh, when he said over here in verse number seven, whoever perished being innocent, yeah. in other words, he's saying, Job, yeah. your your uh, your circumstances just don't add up. You've right. got something you're guilty of. Right. Brother Ed's right. He's trying to say you need to repent. But he says, Oh, where were the righteous cut off? And Job here, he looked so bad they didn't say anything for seven days, <laughs> seven nights. None of them spake a single word. So I can just imagine how bad this situation looked to these men but uh, Job does uh, he does a lot of speaking they do a lot of speaking one place he calls them miserable comforters physicians no value but in this chapter 4 here Elipaz uh, he dwells on this experience and a lot of people have a lot of experiences and I I hope I'm saying this right you know, if you've had a significant experience, uh, if it doesn't edify, uh, if it doesn't encourage or exhort someone, uh, it might just be a personal thing that you need to keep, uh, you know, uh, to yourself uh, for your own uh, personal uh, mm-hmm. uh, experience or needs or whatever. But I, I have been in churches, and I, I'm going to say this as nice as I can that uh, they'd be better off just to give glory to God, hallelujah, glad I'm saved, right. praise the Lord, than right. to give some of the experiences like Elipad did right here with right. Job. That didn't right. help Job a bit. No, it didn't. No, and uh, it looked before. to me, and I, I'm not trying to usurp any authority here myself, but it looked to me like Elipad was elevating himself above right. his friend Job yeah. by this experience yes. and uh, kind of vaulting, you know, that that he had something that Job didn't have. And uh, 
You know, like I said, uh, I kind of think this is one of the things, and a lot of people uh, make this mistake. He just should have kept it to himself and tried to minister uh, some encouragement to Job. Yeah. Uh, like Brother Ed said, he did kind of tell Brother Job, you, you're not innocent. Uh, you know, this, this ain't normal. No. He said, whoever perished being innocent, and uh, where were the righteous cut off? I mean, here Job is. Uh, he's already endured two attacks, and now he's got a third yeah, one here. Right. But, uh, you know, in this life, uh, let me read this scripture. I'm going to stop on chapter 4, but I want to read this scripture because we need to be doers, not hearers Amen. of the right. Word, yeah. only deceiving yeah. ourselves. But uh, in Galatians, it talks about uh, restoring such a one. You know, I, I, I know we've got a lot of people down here that maybe walk on the water. I just haven't met them. But uh, we're all just far from perfect. Mm -hmm. The only thing we got going for us is He made the captain of our salvation perfect. And thank God for a perfect Savior that uh, instituted a perfect salvation. And hallelujah, by the grace of God, I am what I am. That's all I need to be. But Paul here writing to the church at Galatia, and Paul was exceptional. I mean, he was a chosen vessel of the Lord. But he said in Galatians chapter 6, it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, mm -hmm. and it happens, I don't care how good you are. Right. I don't care how hard you try. You're going to mess up. And with some people, that's the end. They don't go no further. But Paul here says, If a man be overtaken in a fault, Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I've heard this said that Baptists are the only ones that kill their wounded. And uh, you know, people make mistakes. I understand that. Yeah. I've made enough of them myself. Yeah, me it's easy for me to understand it. Yeah. But I'm glad, you know, that the love of Christ, uh, it doesn't seek to quench the smoking flax. It doesn't seek to break the bruised reed. It seeks rather to blow up on the smoking flax and get it burning again and to repair that bruised reed to where it's strong enough that it can stand, you know, uh, the, the wind blowing against it. Yeah. Uh, we've got to learn uh, not, to, not to bite and devour or ridicule or murmur or put one another down, but rather seek to build one another up and encourage right. one another. Right. But, uh, uh, well, I lost my train of thought there. Sorry. But we've got to uh, help one another I was going somewhere with this. Uh, like I said, uh, we're going to make mistakes. Let me just see if I can go back to this where I started. We're going to make mistakes. But the biggest mistake that we could make would, would be to not understand that we're just human. We're frail. I mean, the Bible says, I believe it's Psalms 39, at our best state. I mean the best that you can possibly be. I believe this is Psalms 39 verse 4. I'll let you know here in a minute. Maybe Psalms 139. 
uh, verse 4. It says, Man in his best state is altogether vanity. I, I think I may be Psalms 139. Let's see here. <clears throat> well, old brother Eddie's missed it all the way around. But uh, in Psalms 39, uh, it said, here it is, verse 5. Barely ever man at his best state. I mean, listen, the best that you can possibly be. Yeah. As near to perfect as you can possibly be. I'm going to underline that. Uh, my other Bible, I had it colored in. I knew where everything was. But uh, Psalms 39, verse 4, it says, Every man at his best state is altogether vanity. I'm just saying, yeah, right. none of us are, are really fit to strut, to spread out no, our right. proud turkey feathers that's and right. strut around. Right. We're actually better off uh, just to be uh, meek and lowly at heart. Yeah. The Lord, uh, He took on Himself the form of a servant, servant and He humbled Himself and was obedient even to death. And that was the death of the cross. Uh, we're no better. But uh, this, uh, this Psalms 39 verse 4 says, Lord, make me to know mine end yeah. and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. I don't care if you're Charles Atlas. You might not be Charles Atlas tomorrow. That's right. Uh, you might have a 20-inch neck. You might have a neck brace on tomorrow. That's right. And uh, this, uh, you know, this analogy about the, the restoration, I, I got my thought back. Thank you, Lord. I'm praying for a man, and uh, we're talking about uh, not just your average preacher, but I'm talking about a, a great preacher. Uh, a great man of God. Been in many camp meetings with him. Been in many revivals with him. Been in many jubilees with him. Uh, in a moment, uh, you know the devil's pretty good at setting the stage, but in a moment, uh, he took his eyes off of what he had. Put his eyes on what wasn't his. Lost his wife. Lost his children. Lost his home, lost his ministry. Uh, he's not even in church, as far as I know. Old brother Eddie's praying for him. Lord knows who I'm talking about. I pray for this man continually. I'd like to see him restored. I'd like to see him with a Bible back in his hand. I'd like to see him back praying and preaching again. Uh, you know that spirit of. Uh, Antichrist, uh, you're kind of glad when you hear something happen to someone, but that spirit of Christ that's in you, uh, it wants you to pray and to try to help yeah. and to try to get someone back on their feet right. like the good Samaritan pouring the oil and the wine and uh, get them going again. Uh, there's too many like the priest. And uh, too many like the Levi that went on this side of him, on that side of him. We need the ones that will go to him and say it'll be all right. We'll get through this. All right, we're going to stop tonight. Uh, this is our first Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, we actually started at 6 30. Mm -hmm. And uh, it looks like we still got plenty of daylight out there. Yeah, but I hope you enjoyed uh, just really the Word of God. Uh, you know, it's probably like Jesus, the most hated book. And yet the most needed book yeah, that there is. Right. Uh, they hated him. 
He loved them. Uh, They wanted Him dead. He wanted them alive. And thank God for the Word of God. Father, we thank You, Lord, for this this service tonight. I'm like Brother Ed. Lord, we shouted a little bit while we were singing. And Lord, we supped at Your table. And Lord, thank You for those that was listening in tonight. I pray you send portions their way. I pray you bless your children. Lord, help us, I pray, through these eyes, Lord, to understand and see. Lord, it ain't going to be long. We're going to get home. Sit at the table together. Feast with the Lord and enjoy the things of God. We'll thank you, Lord, till that day comes. And we'll praise you. And hopefully, Lord, we'll be found working when you come for us. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen. Amen. All right, Brother Ed. Might have just been two here, but I felt like we had a multitude.